Welcome to episode one of Heroes of Faith with your hosts, Helen. Hi. And me, Katie. This is the podcast that moves the spotlight onto the ordinary to reveal the extraordinary. Each episode, we're asking you, our listeners, to nominate a hero of faith. It could be a charity, a neighbor, a movement, or a friend. The podcast aims to share real-life accounts, testimonies, victories big or small, but the differentiator here is that faith is the driving force. Faith can move those mountains and pull you through the seemingly impossible. We're both incredibly excited about today's guest. Yes, Katie, absolutely. I'm, I'm beyond excited, as I always am with everything. But um, no, seriously, this project has been weeks in the making and it was really important. I wanted our first episode to be awe-inspiring. And luckily for, for me and for the viewers, God has aligned the planets and our guest for today. So for our first show, Helen has nominated her friend Richard, who is representing the SVP, St. Vincent de St. Paul Society. And this nomination is a tribute to all of the 800,000 people involved globally who make up this society and the incredible work that they do. Thank you, Katie. I thought for the, the first episode, I'm going to go big or I'm going to go home. So um, I'm really, really thrilled that our first guest ever is Richard Gordon. He's the president of the St. Vincent de Paul Society at Our Lady's Parish in Lillington. Richard, welcome to you. A very warm welcome. And uh, thank, thank you to you, Helen. Um, I feel very honoured a part of this project. I no. uh, often think we, um, we, we uh, should publicise our work more. More people would come for our help, and this is a great chance to do it. So thank you to you and to everybody involved with this. No, you're so welcome. The honour is, is mine, and uh, yes, great to have this platform. So let, let's uh, you know, raise awareness of the, of the great work you do. Um, as Katie mentioned, uh, Richard and I, I'm very... Are lucky we we are friends um but in order to save our relationship and our friendship and to spare his blushes i am not allowed to use the word hero um i've, I've going to have to show him great compassion uh, as he pleaded with me today he said please can you just refer to me and to the svp as servants of the poor so that that's what we'll do you're very very humble richard thank you very much Thanks. okay richard we need to set the scene and um, the starting point. It just makes sense. Could you please talk to us about the mission of the SVP? Uh, essentially, it has two parts. It's the um, giving help to the poorest of the poor and for the spiritual development of the members. Um, the, two, the two are joined together. This is more than just a charity um, whereby people help people who need help. Um, we do it for ourselves as well. We do it for our own spiritual development. And um, that's the distinctive um, aspect of the, um, the St. Vincent de Paul. Okay. I mean, um... it's, um, it's operates um, all across the world. Catholic parishes all across the world um, have an SVP conference. There's about a thousand of them in, um, in England and Wales, about 10,000 members in England and Wales. And they, they, they go beyond the, the normal Christian commitment. To help people in trouble. We don't just um, mm -hmm. uh, help the people we come across in trouble. We go out and we look. Um, and right. the truth is, we don't have to look too far. It's all around us. 
people who need a helping hand. And, and when we give this help, we give it as a team. And that makes us far more effective, not just a, a team of a, a ourselves um, as a society, as a charity. But uh, we have behind us the, um, the, the, the extraordinary generosity and goodness of, um, of an entire parish and the whole Catholic community. And that's before we even mention God. Um, we have um, uh, we, we, we have seen so many extraordinary things happen. Um, mm. People in, in the most dire situation have been able to help. It's in- incredible. I mean, you're very focused. You guys know what your mission is and you're very clear and precise. Um, so it, that's great, Richard. Thank you. Um, I mean, one of the things I was blown away to learn about um, the issue of hidden poverty. Um, I guess I've been very blessed in my own life. Um, and, you know, maybe I just don't see everything around. But hidden poverty, it exists everywhere. And even in affluent towns like Leamington and Kenilworth, could you please just, you know, could you just expand on that for me? Yeah, well, I, I was always really struck by the teaching of the Buddha, actually. So it doesn't matter how much money you've got, uh, all of us have the nature to get sick, to get old and to die. And no matter how much wealth you may have in your life, uh, mm. sickness, old age and bereavement um, are a part of everybody's life. Uh, beyond that, beyond that, there are the people who don't have the money, people who've lost their jobs, maybe completely out of the blue, plenty of them the last year. Um, yes. There's, there's, um, there's uh, people who just had some misfortune come across them, some people who just struggle to cope, people mm. whose whole level of health just finds the complication uh, of, of modern life too much of them and gradually slide down into poverty. Um, there's people who... Um, People who've, uh, who've migrated um, to, to seek a better life for different reasons. Um, mm. all, all these people can need, um, need a helping hand of some sort. Yeah, I mean, I, I very much thought that hidden poverty was a geographical uh, you know, influence maybe by where you live. But um, it's circumstantial and um, COVID really, really, that's where you guys you know, you stepped it up, <laughs> you know, you you really went and, and to these areas where normal people were now becoming victims of, of poverty because for the reasons that you said. So, yes, uh, it, it's incredible. Um, I mean, we're on the subject of myth busting here. So what I was thinking was that the, there's a belief um, that really the SVP exists to support their own, you know, to support Catholics and that they very much self-serve their own parishes. Could you just touch on that stereotype for me? Well, the, the, in our particular town, in Edmonton Spa, the SVP has been around since um, 1860. It's a very long established charity. And of course, a lot of those years, many of those years, the poorest people were poor Catholic immigrants coming mm-hmm. from, um, from Ireland, coming from Spain, coming from Italy, coming from Poland. Um, and uh, in those days, those were the, uh, the chief people who were helped by the society. Uh, today, it's very different. Um, Catholic community now is about as well off as anybody else, mm. about as poor as anybody else. Um, yeah. we, have, uh, we have all the people we see on the streets of our town. Um, this, is, this suddenly got a lot worse about 2016 for, for reasons I'm not quite sure of. I think, I think it's, a lot of it was down to the, um, to the tightening up in, in the benefits law. This, um, this safety net we all think it's going to protect us from misfortune. Uh, it's got become very leaky. Yeah. People end up on the streets, maybe never imagined they ever would. Talking to one today. Um, mm. um, 
there's the people who've who've been coming um, as asylum seekers and refugees. Our particular area was chosen. Um, the city of Coventry has a lot of cheap housing. It was chosen by the Home Office back in 1999. We what's called a dispersal city, so that um, people who um, who came to this country running from the wars, trying to find safety, um, they were they were directed without any choice to, to Coventry and a, um, a, a, a substantial number of um, of uh, asylum-seeking refugee families in, in that city, a smaller, much smaller number in, in Leamington, and the housing is just too expensive in our town. Um, so there's, there's poverty of all sorts everywhere. Um, but you, you really exist, um, that, you know, you really exist and you help people irrespective of faith i mean we really have to communicate that don't we yes i mean uh, most of these wars are going on in muslim countries in the middle east um and um if there's one faith group we we help more than any other it's probably the muslims and because that's that's where the poorest people come from today used to be the um poor catholics from ireland but now it's um it's muslims running from um, from wars um it it doesn't really matter yes well i mean thank goodness that Thank goodness that you are you're, you're doing this work. Um, whilst I was researching um, the SVP, um, I really came to the understanding that your core work is with migrants, refugees and asylum seekers. Uh, we can only really imagine the devastating circumstances that they're in. Could you just share that with us? Yes, uh, I should qualify that. I should say it's in this area. Like I say, Coventry um, is a particular centre. Other okay. parts of Britain, the world, they, they focus more on different areas. Um, what, what we've learned about asylum seekers um, is that we all, we all see on the news all the time the terrible wars breaking out, um, many of them across the, the Middle East, the mm. terrible journeys, ships sinking, people suffocating in the back of lorries, horrors mm. like this. All these things happening. But there's chapter three. There's the bit you don't see on the news. Mm. And that's when the families get here and have to try and make a life. Um, they have this um, regime um, called asylum support where people are uh, put into these um, uh, into this cheap housing, what it is in Coventry. Glasgow is actually the, the main location in the UK um, where they have to wait, um, wait to be interviewed by the Home Office, wait for a decision. Um, they're given about £40 a week. Um, to stop them dying of starvation. Um, they're away from their families. They're, um, I, I mean, I, I just think of it as prison without the bars. Mm. Prison without the bars. That's um, about describes it. You keep hearing the newspapers saying what a soft touch Britain is for asylum seekers, but you have to be only the toughest physically and mentally can survive this regime without falling apart completely. I know. Um, I'm, we talk about mental health, but, I mean, what these people have gone through. Before they even got here. Yeah, so harrowing. I was speaking to one, um, been through um, an army camp in Africa, he'd been through a prison camp in Libya, um, he'd been in a tent in Calais, and he said, now, now I've got to England. I thought life would be better. <laughs> Why is it so bad? Why yeah. is it so bad? It was a surprise to him. I think it'd be a surprise to an awful lot of people. To see yes. the conditions. Um, I often wonder if prison might be better. Um, oh. Some of these people might be get better looked after. Um, I mean, when you're saying that to me, it really, I, I, I am emotional. I mean, it may, it, it's heartbreaking. The media images that we've seen, they are very difficult to look at. But I think what you said about it just, you know, we see the images, 
but then that's it. I switch off and then I get on with the rest of my day. You're actually there. The SVP are picking these people up and carrying on the rest of their journey with them because it, it yeah. you're just starting with them. Chapter three. Yeah. Chapter that, that's three. That's the asylum process. Um, when, um, if and when you're accepted um, as, as a refugee, if the government accepts that you are truly in danger in your home country, um, in many ways, that's one of the toughest bits. You get, you get 28 days notice of being evicted um, mm, wow. on your, your, your assignment accommodation. And in those 28 days, you've got to find somewhere to live. Mm. You've got to find a job um, or possibly claim benefits or both. You've got to get furniture. Um, you've got to find a deposit. Um, it, it's, it's, it's an immensely difficult moment. And then you've got to maintain a life. Um, um, I think it's normally five years. Uh, and then and then you're allowed to apply to stay permanently. Um, th- th- this is a huge challenge. That would be uh, hard I mean, to do. Um, Sorry, that would be hard to do if you lived here, if you didn't have to live in a new country and have a new culture and get used to all of those things. It sounds incredibly difficult. Yeah. Yes, it, it, it is. It's um, like I say, it's many ways. It's uh, it's the hardest part of the whole um, process. And once you're here, there's no way back. There's no way back for most of them. It's just incredibly difficult to get back. They're, mm. they're here and they have to face it. Um, and we're very pleased to help them. I met some of the bravest, strongest people I ever encountered doing this work. And I, so I'm pleased, yeah. I am pleased to, to do what I can to help them. So um, inspiring, Richard. Your your work is, it's, um, you can tell, obviously, I'm just, I do, I feel quite speechless because until we've had this, this conversation, it, 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 I see the media, it goes off my radar, I get on with real life and, and that's it, you know. So thank, thank you for talking so honestly about that. Um, I mean, one of the things I really respect about the SVP is that you work without judgment and you work with compassion and the compassion is to people who are complete strangers. Um, you know, it's at the heart of the commandments to love one another. So, Richard, as a fellow Catholic, could you, would you just expand on that for us? Well, um, I, I think I think the um, the passage in, in Matthew twenty five about how all of us are going to get judged come, come our, our own day of judgment. Um, it's all going to come down to did, did we give food and clothing, even a drink of water, to the to the, to the least of Christ's brethren. Um, Mm. That, that's how we are going to be judged. Um, we're not asked to judge anybody else. They're all going to have to face their own judgment. Um, um, we were told, we were told at the beginning of our involvement with um, refugees, something we should never say to them is, I understand how you feel, because we don't. Um, we, mm. We've never seen a bomb destroy our house. Um, no. We've never seen our, our hometown blown to pieces. We've no. never set off on a little boat across the Mediterranean um, with what we stood up in. Um, um, some some people, like I say, brave, strong, dignified. Some people are just overwhelmed um, by the horror. Um, it, it really isn't our job. Um, what we judge is is how can we best help the person. That, that's the limit of our judgment. Uh, some people are more willing to accept it. Some, but when people come to us for help, that, that's the first thing that they've got to be willing to ask for help, which is. Meant for many proud people, that's a very humiliating moment. Mm. And they've got to be willing to trust us. They've got to be willing to disclose private things which are normally kept private. You wouldn't tell them to your next door neighbour, but they do. People do tell them to us, and we have to respect that absolutely. 
Mm. Um, um, and then we have to help as best we can. Um, and we've built, and like I say, having having a, a parish behind us, having the church, and most of all, having God, that makes all the difference. Most yeah. desperate situations can sometimes come to a um, to, to, a, to a, a, a happy outcome. Yeah. Well, this work that you're doing is really it's so true to the teachings of Jesus. And, you know, we're talking about compassion and we're talking about not judging. Um, we have to remember Jesus came. He was the sort of human manifestation of God's mercy. Uh, you know, God never turns anyone away. And he came for those who are rejected by society. And these people, for whatever reason, have are, are in that situation. It's it's not of their own doing. <laughs> Nobody could could accuse them of that. No. Well, gosh. So, um, Richard, people do know that I am a quote person. Anybody <laughs> who follows me on Facebook, they will see I just put out positive quotes all the time just to get love out there. Uh, but one quote that has really um, stuck with me is from Pope Francis and he says that if you pray for the hungry then you feed them that's how prayer works it's such a simple message Richard but it is it's so true um, have you found this to be true in your work yes no we, we actually in, in this area nearby town to Lempton um, we have the, the former senior advisor to um, Pope Francis um, on the matter of um, refugees. Okay. Um, one, one, one idea he put forward a few years ago, so wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be great if every Catholic community across Europe um, opened a house, opened a house for uh, asylum seekers and refugees, people who survived um, um, human trafficking, slavery in other words. Mm. And, um, and she, did, she followed him at his word. She, um, she bought a house in a town near here where, um, where three families... Three families, people who survived slavery. That sounds so strange. I used to think, up to a few years ago, I used to think this went out of the Roman Empire. Mm. Maybe, maybe the Anglo-Saxons, but it, it's happening now. It's been, it was made illegal, uh, slavery in Britain, only in 2015. It, it suddenly dawned on people how much was around. Whenever, whenever there's people willing to exploit the very, very poor, uh, especially when they're young, um, especially teenagers, um, you find slavery, and there's now a, a method of... Um, of, of Giving legal access is a bit different. It's still very hard, but it's a bit different from the asylum process. Mm. And this is going on. This is going on. We're supporting it as SVP um, in a town near to us, and um, we're very pleased to do this. Um, like I say, it's. Um, um, I can't. I can't believe we're here in twenty. Sorry, Richard. I can't believe we're here in twenty twenty one, and we're talking about slavery. People of my generation, it 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 is honestly unbelievable to me. Yeah, um, like I say, um, an awful lot of unbelievable things have uh, have cropped up since we, we since since I came into the SVP. The um, the, the what really goes on? We we, we see we see such a, a partial view on on the media. Yeah, we see such a partial view. It's it's um it's something that's hidden. I think, Richard, if we look at like the magnitude and the scale of these problems, you know, whether it, it's slavery, it's um, people fleeing, persecution, um, poverty, 
there is a little bit of like overwhelm that could could set in here you know just just the the sheer scale of what you're doing and we're talking about prayer I think do you have those moments where you say you know what I've got to just let go and let God I I cannot I cannot take the weight of this all on how how do you cope with that Um, we're always aware we're always aware it's 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 a few drops in an ocean but but when you're doing it you don't feel like that Mm. when you're doing it you see a human being uh, a family maybe normally um in front of you and you want to do the best you can and that that really is um all you're thinking of at the time um this is why i'm very grateful to you helen um um doing this podcast may encourage a, a wider group of people to come in and join us in what we do. Um, well, this, this is the hope. We wanted to really break the stereotypes and, you know, forgive me, but, you know, I've had this myself where I thought I've listened in church, I've sat in mass and at the end of the mass there's an appeal that comes through and, you know, literally you're kind of like, oh, gosh, you know, the roast dinner's on and look, I'll, I'll put into the collection and, you know, there's the SVP member standing proudly at the back and, you know, you do your bit and you say your prayer, but then you never really go any further than that. You know, I, I, I would say, yes, well, I support what they're doing. It's good work. But actually now we can really get this message out there. I'm so pleased to be doing it for you. There's, um, there's a hundred ways. There's a hundred ways. Um, there's, there's women in their 90s knitting um, blankets and warm clothing to keep the refugees' children warm through the cold English winter. Um, wow. That's so there's inspirational. Some, um, there's people donating furniture, baby equipment. What we're very proud of is the, um, the junior school branch, the mini Vinnies. Um, oh, they, yeah. They got the, um, it, it sounds, a, <laughs> it sounds such a cute, <laughs> lovely name, mini Vinnies. It's uh, so this, cute. This, this group in our town, this group, they, they went far beyond that. Um, they, they, they made a connection to the children in a refugee camp in the north of Iraq. These are children who've been absolutely been through the worst of the worst. Um, mm. and, uh, exchanged t-shirts. Um, between uh, between um, Warwickshire and, um, and and Iraq, um, a, a, a project to plant the seeds of friendship between young oh. people. Yeah, um, we have to start with the young. We have to start with the younger generations. It's it, it's um, it, it, it's the best. It's the best way. Start young. Yeah. So Explain to the children. Everybody from eight year olds to ninety five year olds. Um, that's the, that's the work of the descendants before. It's fabulous. Uh, Richard, you know, uh, you're the intermediary. Um, you know, when we've done our bit, we've donated or we've helped or we've fundraised. You go out, you go and see these people and you do the work. And I just I know it's almost impossible. But in just a few words, could you tell us how rewarding it is when you can tick that box and say that's the job done? How does it feel? What what do you see? Oh, um, what you see is is people who've just had had everything bad happen to them. Um, somebody somewhere decided they deserved a bomb on top of their house. Somebody somebody somewhere decided they um they can be evicted from their house um in in England. Um, somebody somewhere decided they're going to lose their job. Um, and we we come along and help them at that moment. You know, mm. it, it never finishes. It never finishes. You you, you only give a, a, a helping hand along the way, and it, what you're always trying to do is to help people find their own independence. 
Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be relying on others. Um, no. But we all, some points in our life, like I say, when we're sick, when we're old, like the Buddha said, when we when we bereaved, when we bereaved, we yeah. we we all need a helping hand. Um, yeah. And that's that's what we're very pleased to give. The thing is, it is you know, this like you, uh, we mentioned at the at the beginning, there's eight hundred thousand people worldwide doing this. That is a big amount of work getting done. It's a big movement. So don't sit at home and think, well, my little bit won't count. Think about it. When it's collective, it's super powerful. You're inspiring me. I'm thinking I'm going to make bake some biscotti and do a fundraiser. I'm really feeling I need to do something more. So, Richard, um, you know, just the last question. I, I couldn't I couldn't go without asking you this your faith it's so solid what keeps you going mentally and physically i'm going to share with everybody you're not 20 just like i'm not 15 come on what's the secret oh, um uh, well i look back across my life 65 if anybody's interested um the main event of my life um, was when, when my, after my father died my mother was widowed and i became a carer and I was with her, you know, through, through many years of sickness. Um, and um, carers, carers uh, came came in um, to look after mum. And um, uh, they came in on visas. So I began to learn about the immigration process in Britain. Um, I never knew before. Um, I, I think of my mother and father arriving in uh, this, this part of England 70 years ago, absolutely penniless. Just my, my older brother and sister, I wasn't even born at that stage. And, and the, the long, hard struggle they had. To make a life for me, um, the great privileges of, of helping refugees, especially, they they love having children. Uh, it didn't quite dawn on me at, at first. I thought people would be so traumatized, an extra mouth to feed would be the last thing they wanted. But it's not like that at all. They love having children, and when you help mm -hmm. people like in that situation, you're aware that long after I'm dead and gone, um, that the work I've done will be helping the, the, those people in their adult life to get them, get them established in England, um, mm. get them out of the, um, the dire situation they're in. Um, you, Richard, I, you I'm truly a, will be leaving, you'll be leaving a legacy. And, you know, today we've just touched the surface, but you've infused hope. And can I just say you've refueled everybody's faith today. Um, thank you so much for being our guest today. And, um, Katie, your your final thoughts. Well, I'm just I'm left quite breathless actually. I'm I'm desperate to know more, so I'm going to go and find out more. And um, thank you just so much for doing it. You've been a fantastic guest. You've been exactly what Helen and I wanted to have on the podcast. And yeah, I'm not allowed to call you a hero of faith. I <laughs> will just no, leave it there. <laughs> don't don't ever do that. Okay. So okay, yeah, thank, thank you both. Thank you, Richard. So, yeah, big thank you to Richard for being our fantastic guest today. And thank you to you, our listeners, for joining us. If you, like me, have been inspired by Richard's stories and the work of St. Vincent de St. Paul, then please visit their website, which is www.svp.org.uk. You can find out how to get involved in their work or how to donate to their cause or even just to request a prayer for someone and light a virtual candle.
Heroes of Faith podcast is one of three podcasts brought to you by Sound Ideas in conjunction with Time Banking UK, Coventry and Warwickshire CDA and Creative Lives. If you would like to hear the other two podcasts, which I highly recommend, they are available on anchor.fm forward slash sound ideas or contact us on info at cwcda.co.uk. Okay, guys, here's the call to action. Get in touch with us. We want your nominations. Please email us at heroesoffaithpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Katie. Bye. Please pray for the SVP and each other. Love and blessings coming your way.